up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Scale Riders Podcast. This is episode number 118 with my guest, Joe Stevens, a member of Down a Scale Model Car Club, all the way from Phoenix, Arizona. Let's get right into this. Please enjoy this ring back tone while your party is reached. Yo, what's up, bro? Hey, what's up, Joe? How you doing? Good, man. How about you? Oh, pretty good, man. Just chilling out right now. Thanks for uh, taking the time and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks for having me. Nice. So have you yeah. been uh, w- working on a lot of projects lately? Um, Somewhat, man. I've had a lot of, you know, everybody has a lot of time these past couple of days, but um, I have uh, a couple of replicas going on for this old man that lives in my neighborhood. Uh, he has a 59 El Camino. It's green. So basically he has gave me two die casts that he wants to put, you know, when he takes it to shows, he wants a little die cast next to it. Nice. That's tight. So. Yeah, it's just basically painting it, you know, like his car. So it's pretty easy. It's not like I got to do anything crazy to it or cut anything up. Yeah. So it's pretty simple. That's cool. Did um, did he know you were already doing model cars? Like when he, when he approached you, did he see you doing models? Yeah. Um, I had uh, some displayed at the indoor car show that mm. we had over here every year. And he was randomly walked by. And he was like, yeah, I have, I have a car same as mine. You know, you think you could paint it? And, Told him, yeah, and dude, it's been almost like a year. I kind of forgot about it, and uh, I had saved his number. And randomly, he called me. He's like, "Yeah, is, is this Joe? I talked to you at the show, you know." And I was like, "Yeah, I kind of remember you." <laughs> so, yeah, I ended up meeting up with him and took all his stuff. So, yeah, damn, that's done. That's tight. So, as far as like the out there, um, like, is there a lot of model car shows that happen in Arizona or in Phoenix, or not that many? There's not too many, man. I want to say, like, through the whole year and, and our show season, I guess, essentially what we have, it's maybe, like, five, six. It's really small. Yeah. That's why, like, we usually end up taking a couple trips out to California to try to make a couple shows because mm-hmm. there's always something going on out there. But, yeah, we have our desert scale, and then we have our model zona. And then there used to be, like, a... a local hobby shop called Andy's Hobbies. He used to have one that he put on. And uh, that one was actually kind of cool because it was all based on, um, you can only, only another entrant, like somebody who has built a car can judge your car. Oh, so right. it's like, yeah, it's no, it's not like judges. It's other builders judging your build. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty neat setup. They kind of just, you know, do like a one through five and you just kind of pick all your numbers, what's, you know, what, entry number you want and you put it on there and that at the end they tally it up and then you just get your medals man that's, that's pretty, cool yeah it's a neat little setup something different as you know opposed to like the main judges looking for like every little thing yeah and that that hobby store it no longer exists anymore no he's still there okay. um i think they just i think they just had a problem getting the venue like secure for the show oh. and everything because mm-hmm. they used to have even like a model car swap meets at that little venue and something happened to where they even moved the swap meets out of there too. So, mm, yeah. something yeah, something happened with their you know not be able to get the building or something like that. Yeah, when uh when you make the trip out to California, um, like how many years has it been now since you started doing that coming out here? Shoot, uh, four maybe, three, four, something like that. That's tight. Were yeah, you so were I'm... you like nervous or excited like the first time coming out to a show in California? 
somewhat i wasn't really nervous but it definitely um kind of like opened my eyes there is a lot more uh like the skill level was a lot different than i was used to seeing at a lot of the shows like here mainly like because there's a lot more lowrider builders and stuff out there you know what i mean so mm-hmm. that little part was a little bit more different but other than that i wasn't really too nervous i think the first one i did was uh cruise for the cure okay I think that was the first show I went out, out there for. And yeah, that was like one of the first ones I ever went to. Yeah. When you uh, when you went back home, did you go like more inspired, like more pumped after what you saw on the tables out here? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, essentially every show you kind of get that. You know, mm-hmm. you see a few things you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to try to incorporate that somehow. And yeah. so I definitely did. I think uh, I think actually, I no, I already had an airbrush at that point. I'll say, I think I might have invested in airbrush at that. That's what it inspired me to do, but it definitely inspired me to start painting more. Yeah. And, um, yeah, because I've been noticing uh, from your, your Instagram account, you've, yeah. been, you've been actively posting a lot with paint jobs. Um, but even even back then, though, I feel like you're, when you bring your cars out, you have a really diverse um, amount of different, like, scale model cars. You know, and, yeah, yeah. and each one of them is different as far as, like, the paint jobs, things that you incorporate into it. Um, right. And it's not just lowriders. Like, you, you do other stuff, too. How uh, how do you find that balance to, you know, to mix it up so this way you don't get, like, bored or just kind of stuck on one style? Um, For the most, I would say I, I, uh, I like to bounce around on projects. So I have I have a few going at it, at, you know, more at every time. But... I think I kind of, because I started, like, when I started building, all I did was build box stock, you know, and then when I got back into building, I kind of did the same a little bit, but then slowly, no, you start cutting this and that, so I kind of, like, I I always go to a lot of good guy shows and stuff like that, so, like, the hot rods are always there, and the resto rods and kind of stuff like that, so that kind of, those cars are a lot more simple to put together than, you know, a regular car because it's just the little their little tiny a-frame and then the little roadster body mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's kind of weird i do just build a lot i i just appreciate all forms of cars i guess yeah that's it's, cool yeah when um, i just never have tried to like uh sorry about that no, i would no, say go- nasc mm-hmm. the nascars and that kind of style builds uh i think is the only ones i never tried but those guys kind of be kind of intimidating on some of those builds like when they have the body off and they're showing their motors and they got like all the little wires and all the little filters and those drag racing cars, they can get kind of crazy. Nah, I bet. imagine just like putting a car next to theirs and you, you do none of that. It's yeah. Just, <laughs> it's just a, just straight out of box, like boom, maybe yeah. movie one cable or something. Dude, it looks like those little cars are going to fire up. Like, they have a little battery in there. They could turn them on, you know? <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, that would be yeah, crazy. When uh, when you're going to start on a, on a model car, uh, like, you know, like, you're opening up the box and everything, and you're getting... What's your, your first approach when you're going to get started with your cars? Um, I kind of, like, just take it all out. Um, I kind of, like, get a little setup. And then I uh, start going through looking for like mold lines, sink marks, um, that kind of thing. 
and I usually just take a black marker or some kind of Sharpie, whatever one I have close, really. And then I just kind of scribble over all the mold lines to kind of let me know, you know, those are my sand points. And then from there, I just kind of, I'll sand it, I'll get it into primer, I'll sand it again. And sometimes I'll prime again, and sometimes I'll go straight to base coat, just kind of depending on how many scratches I still see. But uh, my main thing is I'm always dechroming. Like, everything I dechrome, I spend so much on, like, all my cars are alkalads, so I use a lot of it. Um, it just has, I don't know, something about kit chrome, sometimes it takes away a lot of the details. Mm -hmm. So I prefer to use the alkalad chrome over a lot of it. But that's my main thing, man. I get in there, get the mold lines off, um, always strip the chrome. And then I kind of start planning, like, all right, this is my, what I want to do. And I kind of write down my ideas, what I kind of want to go for. And sometimes I stick to them and sometimes I get way off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's crazy. Like, back, back then, um, I would always, like, sink marks, I never really looked into them. You know, Same, yeah. It, it was always like, oh, the flash. It was. I would always look for the flash, and then right. I would primer the car, sand, sand it down, primer and all that, and I'll continue on with with paint. But it wasn't until like later, you know, the when you start meeting people or like seeing stuff on online, yeah, and people are like like sanding, and then there's all these spots, like, and they're they're talking about that in particular, the sink marks. And I was like, sink mark? I don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah, you know? same. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then later, later in time, I'm like, dang, I must have a lot of bodies that are already painted and everything. And they have some sink marks in there, like some I, dents. I, yeah, I would say I have a few. So it's, it, it, I mean, that's how you kind of know, too. Like, those are my first builds. You know, they have all the little, you can turn them upside down and it says like AMT 97, you know, it has oh, the little, yeah. like, <laughs> like on the gas tank. So like now I sand those off. But yeah, I, I I never used to look at them either. One guy started talking about one time uh, uh, something about, oh, there's always nice paint jobs, but they never take off the mold lines or move the sink marks on the interiors. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I got to start looking at that. And he wasn't talking like, you know, about like my car. He was just meeting in general, like it could mess it up and stuff like that. And I guess from there, I kind of started looking into it. I'm like, oh, yeah, there is like little marks that kind of run down the fender here and there along the like the roof like the drip rail and stuff like that yeah so, there, so. there's a 63 the the ravel 63 I yeah remember, i remember um there's there was a couple of them that I had built and i i always remember that on the side in the in the back i'm not sure if it's on the left side there was always like a like this tiny little like dent almost like if if they dented it with their nail or something I think I know what you're talking about, kind of like by like the rear sail, kind of. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> and I remember, I remember like the first time I was working, I was like sanding that whole side, and and that thing was there, and it was getting annoying. And at that time, though, I wasn't using putty or any filler or anything. In right. my in my head, I was just like, you know what? When I paint it, the paint's gonna like flow in there, and it's gonna fill it up. <laughs> and nah, dude, painted it all up, and you could still see that right there. Right in it, yeah. It's like you don't think it is, and then the, like the light hits it like a certain way. You're like, man, you can see that dip. Like you can see it there. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. And I always, and I always thought like, if it was just that kit, but then every time I would open up a '63, I would notice it. So I'm like, oh, it's in the mold. Yeah, it's the mold. Yeah, on there. So I was like, dang. When uh, when you're using Alclad for your for like the bumpers or just to chrome parts, um, yeah. when you're done shooting it. Do you coat it with any clear or you just kind of leave it as is? 
Um, I leave them, but I won't. I won't touch them. Like after I spray them, uh, I leave it for like a week, week and a half, mm-hmm. and then I'll go back um, with a uh, microfiber cloth and just kind of lightly brush it off and kind of bring out a little bit of shine. And every now and then I'll spray a metalizer sealer over it, but for the most part, I kind of leave it. But it's um, I have noticed that. If you, you know, you do your, your normal build up, your gloss black, and then you, you know, they say to shoot your chrome over that, your alkalad. But I noticed as the difference as shooting it out of like a normal Iwata as opposed to like a micron, you know, like a, a detail airbrush, like something where you can, a little smaller, finer point, uh, it shoots it out a little bit better for some reason and it gets it a little bit more of like a shine to it than as opposed to like shooting out your normal eye water brush. Cause I have a, a fine detail brush and it has like that little adjuster, you know, on the bottom for like the paint to like flow out and everything. So, um, I usually just open it all the way up, but I've just noticed that shooting it out of that fine point, something about it, it kind of grips a little bit better and gets a little bit more better shine than the normal airbrush. That's cool. Do you use your, your micron a lot for the skill models? No, not too much. Not as I, not like how I used to, because that was the first airbrush I bought. Like, and I got it at at a swap meet. So like, I didn't really know what you know it was for. Mm-hmm. So like, at first I was kind of trying to do like all my paint jobs with it. I'm like, why is it nothing coming out of this? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's because like the tip's just too small. Like, I, and nothing could get to there. I was like, is this paint not thin enough? And like, <laughs> well, I was trying to like, you know, I was even over thinning it sometimes, and it was just water and. Um, it was still wouldn't come out like oh no man i think this airbrush is messed up and then you know after looking into it i was like oh i end up i bought a detail airbrush so then after that i had got a different one and yeah now i know the difference <laughs> dang and even those are pretty expensive huh they're yeah, the yeah. microns yeah i looked out at a swap me and i think i got it for like 50 bucks 60 bucks dang, so it wasn't came too up. bad mm-hmm. yeah and it's a it's an off brand but I don't, it works. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It gets a, it, for what I'd use it for, it gets a job done. It's not like I'm doing, you know, uh, panels on somebody's car, you know, a show car. So yeah. It, <laughs> so it works. No, that's cool. And um, so, so going back, like what, what was your introduction to scale model cars? How did you get exposed and get into all this? Shoot. Um, I was maybe, I don't know, nine, 10. Um, I grew up with sisters, and so I have three sisters. I'm the only boy. And uh, my dad, you know, he randomly came home one day with some model kits, or we were at the store, and he seen them, and he bought them. He already knew them as a kid from building them. But, you know, he he started me like we would just build airplanes and helicopters and stuff like that. And the first couple I even remember, it was like he built them. I just kind of sat there and watched him. Like It was more fun for him. You know, he was kind of showing me. Mm-hmm. So then he slowly got me into it. And that's pretty much how I got it. And I, I did like everybody else, man. I kind of like, as you grow up, bro, like, you know, girls, you start getting into girls in high school, you get your own car, you know? So I kind of put it to the back and uh, kind of stopped building for a while. And I recently got back into it the last like five or six years. Only because what really got me into it again is um, I, I like a lot of, uh, you know, real graffiti from the railroads and stuff. So I would always walk the train tracks here, look at them and stuff like that. And I met a guy 
in Phoenix and a couple on Instagram um, that like weather them up and put their own graffiti on them. And some of them, you know, they do their own and dude, there's even people out there like scratch, build the box cars up. It's so crazy, but I ended up getting into that. And uh, I would just buy random box cars and send them out to these artists, different graffiti artists and have them if they can get them. And one day I went into a hobby shop in Phoenix and I ended up seeing a uh, 70 Monte Carlo kit. And I was like, oh man, well, I haven't built a, you know, I haven't built a model in years. And so I ended up, I got a couple box cars I went in there for and a the couple models, a little thing of paint and some glue. And yeah, that was it. I was back in it. Damn, that's wanna, tight. Yeah, I want to say maybe like five or six months later, I ended up bumping into like uh, Marcus Williams and JJ um, and them like at a show randomly and that's how i kind of got into everything and joined the club and everything yeah that's crazy so like i i have seen those those trains those ones you're talking about yeah uh, like the smaller size ones where they yeah, do the graffiti scale. yeah because i do have a friend in, in oxnard who does that he he's using uh he told me he was using uh like pinstriping paint for his yeah and it's all it's like all of them are different bro like some of them i have like you can tell it's airbrushed some of them you can tell it's like layers upon layers of like enamel paint and then it's some of them it's it's weird like you can say they like they just use their own materials i guess whatever they can find mm-hmm. yeah and, and when he was showing me and he told me he's like hey check it out he's like because he was asking me about paint and then um he was like he's like have you ever used alpha paint before and i was like yeah i have i have some bottles of that stuff and he's like yeah i've been using enamel for these cars Right. And and he was just like just showing me on his phone, and I was like, dude, dang, there's like a huge scene on this. I bet. And he's like, oh it hell is. yeah, it's big. Yeah, it's big, bro. And like people, like um, they have like you know, like let's say you know our collection that of cars like we build, they have their wall, they have their wall, like they have you know that they've sent out to multiple people, and they just have them on display, and it's wild. It, it's really it's really big scene. It's. What I what really tripped me out is like the people that actually like like I said they scratch build the box cars uh-huh. so like they'll they'll make all those little stuff and like some of them even go as far as like they'll buy like a regular the box car you know box stock it already comes in the I think they call it rolling stock is what they call it mm-hmm. and um, they'll like cut off the cut off like the little handrails and then they'll bend little pieces of wire and put it back on there and make little like brake lines and stuff for them and it's really crazy like how they kind of customize it and it's just for you know just for a little track you know to go around the track pretty much yeah it's crazy how like those things right there those those were like the steps to like get you back into it like by going to a a hobby shop yeah that's exactly yeah that's how i and i randomly just walked down a random you know, a couple aisles over thinking there was more train stuff and it was all model kits. And yeah, that was it. Damn, that's crazy. And like around that time when you were building the, like the models, were you um, like super like into like lowriders as well? Or, or that came like a little later? No, I've always been to lowriders. Um, my shoot, my second car was a, uh, a Regal, a 83, bro, I had hydraulics and everything. I was only like, damn. Yeah, I was like 17, 18. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I had, I had, a, I had a car before that, but, uh-huh. and it had burnt down and I got an insurance check and I had met these guys up a couple of towns over and they're already, you know, we're building cars and stuff. And I had bought a car off him and yeah, dude. So 
I was, I'm, I've always been into them, even That's just kind of growing up in Phoenix, like going to all the car shows and everything. Uh-huh. Um, and so it, it's just kind of like you can build them uh, anything you want. You know, you can you can make them into that. It's cheaper to build your collection in in one twenty fifth than it is, you know, one one. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> you, can any, you can have any car you want in one twenty fifth, you know, as opposed to your one ones. True. That's true. Yeah. And as as far as like uh, like the shows, um, you've been out to California, and then they're in your area. Have you gone anywhere else outside of your area or California? I have not. Yeah, I've, I've always yeah. I've always been wanting or curious to travel to like to see the scene in like Texas. You know, even yeah, even, Texas. even where you're at in Arizona, as well, um, just to see like the models and like the you know like the the styles of people's cars. It's it's very different, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like um, everything is kind of like each like region would have their own kind of style of builds or something, you know, like paint style or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I just feel like every everybody has to be kind of every area has to be a little bit different. But yeah, I have never traveled. Um, I've always wanted to. Yeah. The main thing that that kind of I guess would kind of shy me away from it is. I really wouldn't know how to pack my models for travel, you know, it's like that kind of travel. Yeah. Like I know how to pack them, just taking them to shows because I'm driving with them, but like putting them overhead and turbulence and shit like that, I wouldn't, I guess that's where I'd have to start. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. But it can be, it can be tricky. It's a lot of times you could pack it up good. And the next thing you're like, Oh man, all these pieces fell off. Yeah. Yeah. You traveled with yours. Yeah. And so, you know, you know how it can be, but also like, I know some of like, some people kind of build their cars where they can kind of take them apart, you know, and like they clean them really easy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's kind of like, you know, they just snap it up real quick, put it back together and it's fine. Like that's all I'm like, damn, what if like a good, like, you know, a joint uh, snaps like underneath, you know, where the, the chassis is like glued together and bam, you know, like the body's all showing or splitting apart or something. <laughs> Like you open it up, put it, get ready for the show, and the body's like all coming away from the chassis. You're like, oh damn! Like, guess I can't put that in, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. The one show I always wanted to travel for, um, that I do meet a lot of people here at the Scale Classic that we have here once a year is, um, they talk about it. It goes on like every two years or something, but it's called the GSL. Mm, okay. I think it's in the Salt Lake, but. Um, I think they had like their very last one this last year. And so that, that was like their last show. They're not doing it anymore. But um, it seemed like really cool because by the way, the guys would talk about it. They said it's like a week, like a one week thing. And it's like three or four days of seminars. And then the show is, you know, two days of car show at the end. Damn, but it's, that's a long yeah, time. It seemed, yeah. And he was like, it's, and he was saying like, it's seminars on everything. So I went and looked on their website, man, it is, it's like a lot of, scratch building classes uh airbrushing classes just and all kinds of builders you know like talking to you and explaining their build and stuff like that so like man it's probably a lot of info to check out probably be pretty neat you know yeah definitely very informative yeah but yeah i always want to try one of these times i need to make it to like the nnls and stuff like that i've only gone to um What's that? The SoCal one at the boys' house? Oh yeah, uh huh. Yeah, that's the only one I've went to. Yeah, they um, Art um, he had to postpone his because yes, it's yeah, in yeah. May. But he recently just posted um the new date 
Um, I can't remember the the day, but I'll I'll announce it later. But he did schedule Somewhere it for October. October. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Um, yeah, definitely. So you know, ho- hopefully, we have at least. If if that does go down, um, are any plans of you coming out for that in October? Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I wanted it. That spot's like fifteen minutes away from my pad. Oh, all right. It's super oh, yeah. close. That's why I'm like, I hope it goes down because I definitely want to go. Right. Yeah. He was like, I'll, I'll be there. Quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a cool show. I like that one too because it's you know the car show and the model show. Yeah. No, it is. When uh, when you came out for that, um, do you show up like a day before? So this way you're, you know, you're already out here and then, or you just do that, bust that mission overnight. Bust, yeah, bust the mission, bro. Sometimes we, um, sometimes we bust a major mission and we go straight back that same day. There's been a couple of times we've done that, like, as soon as the show is over, all right, we're about, we're about to get out of here, Damn. hit the road, straight come right, right back home, yeah. Yeah, how many but like hours is that from your, like, your area to out here, like, in Southern California? I think that one was, like, it's pretty much, like, five hours, five and a half hours. Okay. With like, But that's, like, stopping for gas, you know what I mean? Stopping yeah. to eat somewhere and then stopping at Pegasus once we first get in the city. Uh-huh. And then, <laughs> and then, and then working our way in, yeah. Not hell yeah. It, it's cool that, I mean, you guys are coming for a show and all, but it's dope that you got some pit stop areas, especially, like, if that's on the way, you know, hitting up a hobby store. Yeah. Because exactly. it's like, that that's what gives you that energy, that adrenaline to come out, to make that drive yeah. worth it, you know? Yeah, so, like, I'll even be like, no, nah, I'm not going to order nothing. Like, you know, I'd put off buying parts, like, a month or a couple of months. Like, I know we're going to go to the show. Like, I'll try not to buy anything because... There's always gonna be a swap meet, and we're always gonna pass Pegasus. Like, so uh-huh. yeah, I always try to. We always make that stop. But yeah, the shows are fun, man. Um, the last few though, we have went. Uh, we just drove straight there, straight to the show, and set up, and then leave after that. But yeah, I think I've only went like once the day before. Most of the time, it's been that day. Yeah, and just come through do it up and then head back yeah how's that how's that feeling when you're back home are you kind of like in disbelief like you did all this you know you're back at your pad and you gotta rest up it's kind of weird dude i get um i don't know sometimes i I might be the only one like it but like sometimes when i get home i get a little burst of energy you know Uh like maybe it's just like that oh i'm home feeling you know you get comfortable but like it that's what happens like i'll get back and then you're like oh look like i got this i got that you know showing my lady check it out like check out this showing pictures you know she's like halfway asleep like okay cool like no nah, look <laughs> like uh that last time when we went to the socal one i had i don't know if you remember but i have one that airbrush remember oh yeah the grex right the grex kit dude yeah. you want like it was like a compressor with the air it was like the whole thing right the it main... was the whole thing yeah oh that's crazy it was a straight come up and uh but i remember like she was passed out and like woke in i ran in the door like that i didn't even take my cars out like that's the first thing i took inside like i didn't even take anything out the car yeah but i remember i, I ran in look look i want a whole airbrush <laughs> like yeah she was like what oh that's nice Damn. And then yeah, she's like, and then she kind of wakes up. What else did you get? Like nothing, but I won this. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, you got yeah. that. You got that luck. You know, making that drive and winning something. Even uh, Marcus too. Remember him? He's always winning stuff. Everything, bro. That guy wins at raffles. At like raffles, nothing. like crazy. I'm always tripping yeah. out. Like, damn, he's getting all the good stuff. Yeah, he always gets all the good ones too. 
Yeah, he'll have his whole stack in front of him with all his kits. That's his tight. raffle wins. No, that's yeah. fun, man. Because, I mean, you guys are coming out from far, so. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a good awesome. one. That was, like, a good one. Yeah, it must be a good feeling, you know, driving back, have all your right. stuff, <laughs> just staring yeah. at it. Like, <laughs> like what am I going to pay? I got to try something. Nah, hell yeah, dude. That's crazy. When, uh, when like, mo- model building, like, when you were, you know, you got back in with it, you're doing these cars um were you before you met like marcus and all the guys um did you know were you aware about the model shows or that there there were that clubs existed and all that at that time yeah i knew there was clubs but like i didn't really think i'd ever like join a club or nothing because my i was just building kind of basic not super basic but like i was kind of already cutting stuff up and lowering stuff but i didn't like nothing i had was patterns um Nothing I had was candies. It was just like, you know, nice single color metallics and every, every now and then a little two-tone or something. So it wasn't too much. And then uh, uh, it was eventually I, I just kept hanging out with them and yeah. slowly started learning. Yeah. Did you did like you they, meet, did you meet them at the shows? Like, did you approach yeah, I, them? Yeah, I met them at a show. Uh, yeah, they were like setting up and I was like, oh, man, you like. Um, it was actually JJ was setting up and he has like a pink rivy and he has all these caddies that are like, you know, um, static, like on three wheel and stuff like that. So I was like, man, you made these, these are all yours, you know? And mm-hmm. so I told him, like, I remember joking around, like, told him, I'm not even going to bring my stuff out, man. I'm just going to go home. And, uh, he was like, no, don't, don't be like that. I told him, no, I'm just kidding, man. And I put my little Monte Carlo down and I still have it. It's an orange one. And I don't know. So like, everybody liked it for some reason it's i guess it's like uh i built it kind of like a street you know just like a normal a rider you'd see every day uh-huh. not like not super low not super high just kind of like nice little set on the wheels and i added a little chrome here and there and just a lot of engine detail i guess is what it is but it's not even hinged or nothing and i think the interior is not even flat it's kind of shiny <laughs> <laughs> but he was he he just liked it and uh he, he invited me over like, hey, man, I, um, you know, we're going to I hang out with my friends and we build and, you know, you should come by. And so I just kind of hung out with them all day and slowly started going over there to their little build days. And I met Marcus at that same show, too. And he had a couple weathered cars. And I was like, man, he did all this. And I, I was just kind of blown away at that way. Like, that how you know, what I seen by them do. Yeah, that's dope. When when you guys yeah. were, were doing... Or just hanging out when he invited you to those build days. Yeah. Um, like, was that something, like, that you were like, what the hell, this is dope. Like, just building with your friends. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I, I would take, like, a, a kid or two, and then we would just sit there, and he had tons of supplies. So, like, more than I had. And, would like, I, I had, like, a knife, um, some glue, a couple sanding sticks. I didn't really have a whole lot at that time. Yeah. And, uh. Bro, he had styrene sheets, styrene rods, square <laughs> rods, octagon rods, and then he has, you know, like foam, and he just had these. Every container had its own little, was its own little thing, you know. So, I, he kind of would like here, try cut this, you know, cut the roof off, or cut a little, you know, cut a sunroof in it. So for a while, dude, everything I had like has Cali tops, and I cut Cali tops into a lot of my cars. So if you see like. That's kind of like I I noticed like those are my builds out when I was hanging out with him I'm slowly getting into it and you know mm-hmm. slowly you can slowly see it because I got foam in one of my interiors with the Cali top and he you know he's like you should cut the roof 
and so it slowly goes from there like it i can see it i know the progression in my cars i can kind of tell That's but it was cool. fun it was just yeah just hanging out him uh me him a co- i met a couple other guys through him um that i still talk to and yeah i don't know if they build as much anymore but as they were uh-huh but yeah it was cool just hanging out and then you know he had and he had a couple airbrushes so i got to start you know messing around with the airbrushes a little bit more and then I noticed, like, oh, his Iwata is different than the one I had. It sprays different. And so it all kind of evolved, I guess. Yeah, he just started getting more involved, more deeper into it, yeah. learning more. That's yeah, tight. exactly. Nice. Yeah, yeah. that, that, um, do you have that 64 Impala that has that, that cut, that top? Yeah, um, the white one? Yeah, yeah, that one's dope, man. <laughs> uh, was that one of those ones you were building at that time? Um, yeah, it was actually okay yeah and i was kind of looking um i didn't i was kind of going for like a more modern kind of style like that's why like um when i was growing up bro i remember like everybody driving around they used to have like civics and everything but they always had that big ass speaker wall like right behind the driver's seat it would just be like sealed off Mm -hmm. and then you know they would have like 412s or a couple 18s like right behind their head and i remember they like them driving around like that so I'm like, man, I'm going to put a speaker wall in this, like kind of more like a 90s kind of style. And so I started just looking up, you know, referencing like um, speaker speaker walls from the 90s and then the 90s, uh, like base cars and stuff I was looking at. And so then I went and I just went from there on that one and that kind of all went. And the paint was kind of like, um, I did that one kind of on a whim because it's like orange, blue and gold, you know, mm-hmm. and uh I just had the colors. I just randomly like seen them, and I'm like, they were kind of when I opened up my drawer, they were all kind of lined up together. And I'm like, huh, like those all kind of match. Like in pearl white, I can do that over, or I can do the blue over the pearl white. And so I kind of just went from there, and that, yeah, that's how I did it. I did the marbling on that one and everything, and yeah, that one came, and it came out really good. It came out. I think I used actually, I that was one of the like few times I put photo etch on the engine and stuff like that. So I kind of went all out on that one. And then, like, I cut out, like, the inserts for the seat to add the foam instead of doing, like, a whole foam seat. You know, I just cut out, like, the little like the little pattern from the plastic and then set a little piece of foam in there. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just little stuff I tried, and then I, I still kind of do it. Yeah, like, it lo- it's more more flush. Like, it looks a lot cleaner. Yeah. Outside. Yeah, because I was like, because, you know, I was like, huh. Cause I didn't know how they did interior at that point. I was like, do they cut it out? Or are they just wrapping the seat? You know? And so I had tried it even on like a junk seat out of the parts box. And I'm like, no, this shit's too fat. Like it's too bulky. So mm. I'm like, no. And then I was like, well, what if I could just scribe it out with the back of my knife and put a little, put a little bit of foam in it. And yeah, that's exactly what I did. And it worked. Man. But yeah, that's a cool, it came out cool. I like it. Yeah. Cause like you're the, the paint jobs, like all, all the ones you're doing, dude, you're like quick. It seems like you're constantly posting and, and just, they're all different. It's all different and it looks dope. Um, no, yeah, there are a lot of styles. I need to like post more of like my old paint jobs because some of they're all like, like you said, they're all different. Yeah. All... What What's your preferred uh, uh, choice of paint when it comes down to painting these bodies now? Um, Preferred choice. I guess if it's candies, I use a lot of House of Colors. Um. I'm lucky I live by a paint shop that's kind of similar to, like, Coast. 
so they'll pour anything down like you can go in there and um if they have only a gallon of that color you you know they'll pour you out a few ounces of that um of that color and uh it's i think their minimum is like four or something so i usually go over there um i get that and um i kind of just buy like random paint too like um i was at a model car swap meet one time and they had that i think it's called scale finishes oh yeah i've seen that yeah and um this guy was just like selling them bro like he was just trying to liquidate them essentially but he had i think it was something like six bottles or something and he only wanted like 15 or 20 bucks so i was like damn and and he's like yeah they're ready to spray and uh so i i was like fuck it i gave him like 25 dollars or something and just you know i got like 12 of them or something like that and so i have like a bunch of those i've used um that actually that that uh white impala the white and blue one we were just talking about that one is a uh, scale finishes uh the pearl was from him actually and uh that i use a lot of that um those are like what i use for like the solids like if you see like that green six five i just did how the body is more like a solid not a candy mm-hmm. that was one of those colors um i use a lot of house of colors i use that and uh I use Createx every now and then as well. That one's, I'm kind of slowly starting kind of messing with that one. It seems sometimes it's like kind of thick and grainy. So like, I'm not sure if I'm mixing it wrong or I'm not letting it sit long enough, you know, after you mix it. Yeah. Like mixes the reducers in and stuff. So I kind of, I stick to mostly those three. I've I've only messed with the Createx. I've only messed with like their Pearl and their, um, the... What's the name of it? It's uh, a seal. Their sealers. I like their sealers a lot. Those yeah. Cool. Um, I have been using uh, what is it? Their bleed checker. Oh, okay. I think it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> at work we have a lot of people that come in, and um, uh, Dino Style on Instagram, he comes in a lot, and he's always hanging out at our work. But um, he was we had got in a shipment of Createx and I guess he's a big he's like a sponsored painter by them or something, but he was just like putting me in on info and I was like, What is this? you know, and he was like, Bro, like put that on top and he was saying, I guess he's like, Your things he, he was just telling me like your your things can bleed. So he was saying like if you ever sprayed like a clear over like a candy and he said like it kinda looks like foggy in like a certain spot like of the candy, he said is the color bled into the urethane clear so i'm like huh it's kind of uh to me it seems weird but he was just saying like on all his cars and he sprays like one one cars with Cretex, and oh, he does a lot of yeah he does a lot of like murals and like graphics and stuff with all Cretex colors it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah you have to look him up on ig dino style dino style but, all right yeah and um he has one that he's called the crowd. I think it's called crowd pleaser. He painted, but that one's insane, bro. And it's a lot of Createx like here and there. And a lot of his paints are Createx. And he was just saying that it, it can bleed. Any year thing can bleed like every now and then. And he was just saying that bleed checker, it's kind of like, a, it's not an inner coat, but it's kind of like an inner coat. And he was just saying that if you spray that in, it just brings the chances down of that kind of happening um, in your clear again. Mm-hmm. So I've always just kind of like, ever since you told me that, I've always randomly like sprayed it. Even though I use Interco, I'll still kind of spray it every now and then. Yeah. Like, I've seen, I've seen that, but I've never used it, the bleed checker. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I thought it was like Intercoat. So I told him like, what's, you know, why can't I just use Intercoat? I already use Intercoat. And he's like, yeah, that's, he's like, that's, that's just, you know, you can keep working fast and nothing gets in it and you kind of seal each layer. And he was saying that like more or less will seal the paint. So like that, that bleeding don't happen. But I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like, I've only seen it on one car I've had and I stripped it because I didn't know what the hell was going on. Like, mm-hmm. so I know what he's talking about, but I've, and I've only had it happen to me once. And I just thought I was spraying something wrong or, you know, I wasn't letting something dry or maybe I forgot hardener in the clear or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like, when I sprayed it, it was shiny, but like in the graphic, it just like, it just looked wavy. Like it was really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually that, um, I have like an orange truck with the, the rider bike in the back. It's actually that one it did it on. And I had to just strip down the bed and respray it. From aside from painting, you also do a lot of uh, you work with a lot of models with rust. Yeah. Well, how was that process? Like, I I tried one time, dude, doing like some weathering with rust, and like thinking like, oh, this is gonna be easy, and nah, dude, it seemed like not, I don't want to say like it's super difficult, but it seemed like that's its own art form right there too. It it kind of is because it um I feel like it's really easy to over weather a car, you know, as opposed to like you can get it right up to that spot and it it can look really nice and you can add a couple streaks here or there or do something more to it. And, you know, you kind of like, Oh, that's, it's over. You know, you did a little too much weathering on it, but it's really tricky, I guess. But the process is really simple. Um, I started weathering before I started doing a lot of like custom paint jobs. I did a lot more weathering. Um, But it's, it's powders. It's a lot of like the Tamiya powders. Um, a lot of layering it's layers after layers you use a bunch of flat clear um but it's weird because you know you put down your layer of pigment you do your one color you seal it with the your flat and most of it evaporates it just kind of it gets wet and because it's powder pigment you know Mm -hmm. so it kind of dissipates into the clear of the flat clear when you spray it so then you got to go back over and you got to kind of darken it back up again and you just kind of slowly just keep repeating that until you get to kind of what you, you know, the kind of point you want. But you also, um, I like to follow like body lines, like, you know, like the, a lot of fenders have a little lip on them. So they're going to catch a little water more. Um, your drip rails always catch the water. You know, your seals around the edges of the window always get more rusty. Um, so I always try to do that kind of stuff, like more rust here in those kind of areas than like as a fender side or a door side, you know, mm-hmm. like you'll get like, I don't know on the res, there's a lot of rotting cars. So that's kind of where I took my, like, I got, I see them, you know? So yeah. like, I noticed, I noticed that the cars, like, even though they're sitting outside and rusting, some of them, like they only fade on the side because, you know, that part's only in the sun. The other side is it, the paint just peels or something. Cause it's old paint and only half of it's rusting, like the side that's exposed. So I kind of do that sometimes too, like, um, like the green one I'm working on. I kind of did that more heavy in the back and on the top, kind of like it was, you know, parked in somewhere like the motor was more or less covered to work on and the rest sat out, you know, in the, in the rain. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think, I kind of try to think about them like that. Like, how do I want to, uh, how is this car sitting out there rotting or something, you know? And then I base my weathering kind of on that. And reference pictures, reference pictures always help Google. 
the more reference, the better. When when you layer that flat clear as like a sealer to seal what you've already, what you're wor working on, um, how long do you let it like uh, flash out and dry? Bro, sometimes I'm brushing pigment back on it, it still stinks. <laughs> 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 like I'll kind of like, because it's not like I'm spraying on a wet coat. I just kind of stand back kind of far and dust it, mm. you know, kind of, and let it kind of blow over it. So I'm not putting like a solid wet coat where I have to like let it dry a half hour or something because if you lay a wet coat like on those pigments when you're doing the powder pigments for weathering, it'll it'll just take it away. Like you won't, you know, you won't have no weathering there anymore. Yeah. Like it'll have it'll like you'll have a tint, you know, of where you did have it, but you won't have like that streak or that spot like you put right there. So it's more or less like a dusting. I kind of stand back like a foot or so and just kind of spray it over it and let it go like that. But yeah, it's um, I do like airbrush. Um, I'll start with like the salt, and then uh, I'll spray the couple layers with the salt. And once I knock the salt off, I'll go back and re-sand everything, like to kind of knock down the like high points. And then once I sand it down, um, I'll go back and put more powder over it and kind of go go from there, and kind of fill in those like areas that are a little bit more brighter, I guess. Yeah. So. You pretty much have like a lot of options, right? Like you just mentioned the Tamiya powders. I've also seen at the hobby stores, they sell these sets. They're like, uh, they almost look like color pencils. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, I don't know the, like the material, you know, like how soft it is or, you know, like as far as like when, if it is kind of similar to a pencil or not, but. No, it, it's kind of softer. Like you can do make, um. Like the Tamiyo, they have like a weathering stick, I think it's called. And it's like a little bit softer. And you can kind of do like mud streaks. It kind of has a little bit more like when you rub it across, like it leaves a, a thicker streak, you know. Like so it looks like mud got splattered right there, kind of. Mm -hmm. And so it's not too bad. Um, I haven't used them myself too much, but I have seen them like used on. Uh, Marcus has used them on, on his truck. He has it like around the wheels and stuff. And it looks really nice. Like. But it's like little chunks. You could tell he kind of like scraped off the marker as he was going, and it built up really nice. But yeah, I um, there's that. Um, there's that. I think it's what the heck is it? AK Interactive. They have a lot of stuff for weathering. I have never tried. Um, I've been tempted because they have a lot of like chipping mediums, streaking yeah. mediums. Yeah, they got a lot. Yeah. And before, like, too, when I do my streakings, I kind of do it with an airbrush, or I would kind of stack a, a lot of powder in one spot and then I'll uh, put liquid mask over it and when I paint then I'll come back and peel that um that uh, the hell is it the, the rubber the rubber mask yeah, yeah the liquid the, mask yeah yeah I'll pull it off and there will kind of be a little bit of powder like still under it so then I'll take um a little bit of uh sometimes just like flat clear I'll dip my a q-tip in it or something uh like in those little testers bottles and uh I'll kind of just pull it down and kind of make it streak on its own, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's how I kind of started. And then I see that and I'm like, oh man, like I need to start doing, trying that, you know? But I start with the airbrush at least, like to kind of get some drips. That's cool. I saw a video of uh, this dude weathering a Gundam, a Gundam figure. And, yeah. And he was doing the uh, the chipping effect. Right on there, and it just looks so dope. It was like a ten-minute video, I want to say, and um, 
I, my friend Dennis and myself, like we we sent it to each other. We're watching it. We were just like geeking out on it, like going, "Damn, right. look, look at what this dude did!" And I, I I forget the brand, but it might be that brand that you just mentioned, that the ammo. Yeah. Or AK, sorry. AK, yeah. yeah AK, I, sorry. I think it is ammo something, or and, uh, it's an abbreviation for sure. And I was like, dude, like that looks so dope. And they sell it as a set. Uh, like yeah, that, it's a set. That chipping thing. And uh, in the video, it was very instructional. He was telling you, like, well, he was showing you the steps, kind of like if you want to do it similar to what he just did. Uh, oh, okay. And he just showed, like, like the layering. And he's doing it with a brush, like a really thin brush. And um, I don't know. It just it looked really cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to try some of that stuff. Because I, um, in this green rusty car, I was almost going to do, do that with it. Because the reason, like... I, you know, it's all pattern on the top and I went all rusty on it. And the main reason why I did is, um, my paint peeled in a couple areas when I pulled the tape. So, you know, I was like, fuck, do I really want to strip it? You know, I just taped it and mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make a, you know, rust it up, make it, you know, a, a rusty lowrider nobody's seen or they kind of forgot about. Yeah. So I took my airbrush man and I, I hit those spots with like dark rust and, um, I just kind of went from there. That's kind of how I started on that one. So that one was just more or less like, uh, I didn't want to restrip it and repaint it or nothing. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that's cool. And, uh, you, you, uh, had earlier, we had spoken, you had mentioned about your bench. Is it almost, yeah. is it almost getting there? Cause you said you were like organizing it. Yeah, dude, it's all done. It's all done. Man. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. I, I took on, uh, cause it was just, you know, I guess, you get it you just put stuff on your bench you get stuff set here and there you work on another project and you just kind of push off your tools over to the side or something you know <laughs> kind of clear it off yeah and my problem is is um you know I, I don't have a cutting mat but i have little pieces of glass so i'll just like take everything off with the glass and like set it down and put another piece of glass like on my desk and then i'll start something else on it mm -hmm. so like i have to like it just got so bad. Like I had one glass was up there, bro. And it's covered in tape and it's all like, you know, little white, little strips are pulled out from cutting the tape. And then I'm using bigger pieces of tape. And then I got other tape I'm putting on there and cutting in between the other spaces. So I was like, man, I got to clean this stuff off. Like it's just getting bad. I had tools everywhere. Uh, my desk was just covered in like random parts from like other stuff and current stuff. So I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta clean this. Like, cause you know, like it sucks to like, everything's kind of cluttered. I know it's like organized chaos. Everybody's rooms like that. I'm sure yeah. at one point, you know, like you could walk in there and be like, Oh, what the hell? Like, where's the knife? You know, like somebody doesn't know where's the tape. You're like, Oh, it's right here. Like I know where it's at. And you know, you just like go to that one little corner where your knife and your tape's at and you grab it. Uh -huh. And so it was getting to that point. And I was like, man, I got to do something. So, yeah, dude, we've been quarantined and we can't go anywhere either. So I just one day, man, I just took everything out. Like I put it in the hallway and I had my like hallway just full, like everything. And I just slowly put it back in and in the spot, you know, different spots and kind of stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, it ended up carrying on for like two and a half days or something like that. <laughs> it took a while. You're like, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> but it needed to be done. So I think yeah. I think it's cool that you at least did it. And now you're like, all right, cool. Everything's back into place and ready for, yeah. for for another round, you know? Exactly, yeah. And I was like, because like I, I try to keep my stuff separate 
like I have a drawer with all my paints and my sandpapers and then I have like a drawer with like my styrenes and my and uh my tape and paintbrushes and there it ended up being there was paint in the in the styrene drawer there's sandpaper in the foam drawers and foams up in top in the in the very top drawer and yeah, it was bad, man. Stuff was just sh- just shoved everywhere. I was just kind of putting it wherever I could, essentially, mm-hmm. like just so I had a little workspace. But yeah, I, I was like, I gotta do something. And then I haven't done it in a while either, so it definitely needed to be done. Yeah, when you paint your models, do you have a designated area in the pad or outside or in the garage somewhere where you paint? Um, it kind of depends. If I'm just doing like water-based stuff, I'll just do it right there in my room. Mm-hmm. Um. But for the most time, if it's like a whole body and stuff like that, I'm outside. I have like a nice little like shaded patio and then I have like a washroom outside. So I kind of use the little laundry room as my uh, bake room, I guess. So Mm -hmm. after um, every time I paint something, uh, I don't know if you ever look, if if you buy like, you know, actual car paint, like that comes into court or something, they'll have a uh, your flash time. And then they have a bake time. So normally on the clear, they'll have a bake time, you know, like a certain temperature to keep it in the booth at this. So what my little trick is, uh, and all it is is just to get the clear, the clear smoothed out, like the orange peel gone. And uh, I'll put it in my little laundry room and I turn on the dryer for a little bit and kind of get it a little hot in there, you know? Yeah. And kind of like kind of bake it on its own. Mm. And it seems to kind of work pretty good. It's my little, I randomly did it. Yeah. I did it in the winter time one time because it was cold and I'd sprayed some clear and I was trying to get that activation. You know, you got to get it kind of warm for that, for it to start hardening. Uh-huh. So I put it in there to kind of let it go, like figured it speed it up. And it actually like, I was like, man, this came out smoother than some of the other ones. So I, I kind of do that on my clear now as a, I still, I still sand them mm. and uh, before I put coats and stuff, but I just, That's cool. I noticed it. Yeah, I noticed it took down a little bit of that orange peel a little bit. Uh huh. Yeah, well, yeah. That's cool. You you have like that's like a method, like something you figured out. You know, like for that works for you. Yeah, and exactly. I want because I was a while back. I had uh, Dennis on the podcast, and he had mentioned uh, at that time he was telling me like that he has uh, like an old microwave. Oh, okay. And he he was telling me he's like yeah dude if you have like an old one or if you could come up on one or a used one whatever he was saying something like he's like I he's like when I clear a car or or when he paints it um and he wants it to you know just to cure or whatever he, yeah. fir, first he'll preheat the the microwave for like I think like he said like thirty seconds or so and oh, yeah. uh, and then after that he opens it up and you know it's like a little bit warm in there. Yeah. Um, and then he'll he'll put like the model in it for a little bit, and then take it out, and um and that that would help also like speed up the uh that process. Yeah. And uh, cause I remember we were uh, a while back we were talking about even um I have seen online like in Japan they saw those like hobby little booths where where they're like temperatured as well. I think Micro yeah, little... Micromark has one as well. Yeah, Micromark has one. Micromark also sells a um. An actual like dry booth, like with a downdraft, and it's kind of heated. And uh, I had seen that too, and um, I thought I was like, man, I wonder if I should, you know, spend the money and get it just cause. And I'm like, no, I do the same thing when I turn on the dryer. So yeah, you have your method. But, That's tight. Yeah, it, it works. It's really weird, 
but like when I used to paint cars at, uh, that's where I used to work at a body shop and, uh, the painter every time, yeah, he would do it. And, you know, they have like an actual temperature gauge on the outside of the paint booth and he would do it and set it to and leave it in there. But yeah, that's kind of how I do it. But like that, that, that 2k clear, it has to kind of, that's how the reaction, that's how it hardens is by heat. So the quicker you can get that reaction to happen, it'll, it'll harden faster. Faster. That's cool. I um remember a while back you had sent me a photo uh, about your stencil. Oh yeah, yeah. How, how's that coming along? <clears throat> how how um uh, for like the people <clears throat> listening out there, you uh tell us tell us a little bit about those stencils. Um, well, I, I essentially took it as uh, I have a, a personal die cutter, a cameo. I, I I see people starting to use them more and more. Um, but what had happened is um. I just got tired of taping stuff, you know? So I kind of slowly worked on their program, learned their program and uh, started taking stencils and doing what I know I could do and try to put it into 124 in a stencil form. So um, I kind of looked up like a basic, um, you know, where to start. Like I looked up a stock stencil, uh, a fish scale or something, you know? And I kind of went from there and uh, did the measurements, kind of bring them down. I printed a bunch, tested a bunch, shot them, and essentially till I got the size I liked. But um, my main thing is I was trying to think is, um, like, it, it would be useful to the community to have a stencil um, to help bring more to, like, the airbrushing and the custom paint side. Because um, airbrushing is fun, and I think every, anybody can do it, really. It's not, I know it can be intimidating if you're going from a spray can to, you know, you're like, oh, I got this machine pressing out all the air, you know, as opposed to just my finger pushing on the can and it comes out. So I think people kind of think like it's going to, a bunch of paint is just going to spray out and, you know, it's, it, they're going to mess it up because they have this compressor running. And so I feel like it would, a stencils and stuff like that would kind of help, um, um, maybe want to give a try at uh, the custom painting. And as well as I saw so you have a stencil, um, not everybody's going to know how to cut down tape and to paint a pattern. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I fit. So I figured with these, um, you could tape a basic pattern and then you could layer this on, you know what I mean? And give you something to kind of start, I guess it would open your brain a little bit. Yeah. Like that that's all you kind of need is that door, you know, to be opened or somebody to kind of tell you a little bit and once that door opens, you can you can do whatever. Mm -hmm. But um I just got tired of taping stuff, man. You know how long it takes to tape a little fingerprint and only you know have takes hours and you're only going to spray it for a minute if that. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> So like I was like, well, maybe if I could put hours into designing a fingerprint stencil then it'll be a little bit easier the next time for me to might want to try that pattern instead, you know, because some patterns I kind of shy away from and not want to do because I just know I'm going to be, I'm going to be taping it for hours, just, you know, 30 seconds of paint. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, well, if I have a stencil, I can do, I can, you know, it would just be a lot easier. And then it, I feel like a lot of people could benefit too, if you know, bring them to market or something. Yeah, um, it makes a lot of sense though, dude. Like, I think uh, I, I was I was visualizing, you know, like doing a pattern, and then inside of a panel, you could use your that stencil yeah. inside of it as well. 
like or under you know you like mm-hmm. do it like a lower pattern then you can pattern on top of that and cross it all out yeah i mean you could do a lot um but i just noticed like every you know the 3d printers are huge right now 3d printing is everywhere and uh like there's nothing really for like the paint or nothing to that you know side of anything mm-hmm. so i slowly started was like huh, maybe i'll slowly start working on it and um i make all the designs bro like i still sit there and tape them out and then i run it through all the software and uh i get it like that that's how i make it that's and so like yeah so like I'll, I'll set a little grid up and i'll tape my grid out like i'm gonna do a car and make my certain pattern and i run it through the computer and all that and then it does its thing and then i have a design you know like on the software like and then i'll and then i gotta cut it out and then i slowly gotta do all that kind of method to it mm-hmm. but it, it works is is this something you want to release later this year or maybe next year to I was, to modelers out there i was kind of thinking about it mm-hmm. um like i had asked you you know if you wanted to try a few just to see how you know how you would like it yeah um i even i mentioned uh I actually sent a DM. I was already talking to, um, what's his, the uh, detail junkies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David. Yeah. David. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, Oh, he actually, I seen a picture on his story and he like had a, it was pretty cool. He had it all patterned out, but like he, he had the masking laid on it already of his patterns. And, uh, so I messaged him and I told him, Hey man, uh, you know, I don't know if you're interested. I told him, but I have a bunch of files that, I can't use all the time. Like I'm trying to get them, you know, I told him like, I think it would be nice to bring them out for people. So I told him, you know, too, Hey, maybe I can get some and you can test them out and see how you like them. Cause I spray them on panels. Like, you know how I sent you the picture. It was just like on a old piece of styrene sheet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll spray them on there a few times. Like that's kind of my testers. And I'm like, well, the lines are coming out nice. They good. They look good. It's essentially at that point, I got to try them on a car, you know? Yeah. Cause, a plain flat surface is one thing. And then when you try my model car, you have little curves here and there. So it's kind of a little bit different, I guess. Yeah. that. Yeah. I could see that helping a lot of people though. Like for sure. I think that, it would. That want to try it out. And yeah. then, I mean, that could even be incorporated into other stuff too. Yeah, sure. You know, so that that's pretty awesome right there. Um, you know, the that bug that you did the that red one yeah the red one yeah i i saw you post uh, a photo of that that it was um featured on the scale auto magazine the uh, contest yeah. issue yeah yeah congrats dude on that yeah thanks man thanks yeah and i didn't even know like uh-huh. that it came out uh actually marcus is the one that sent me a text hey man you made it and it was from actually the socal nnl is where they took the picture sweet so it was out there yeah and I, I totally forgot. I do remember, like, you know, I had that little ticket under there, take it over to the photo booth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, they take so many pictures of cars all day. You never think it's going to be your car, you know? Yeah. Was that but your it, your first uh, time ever on the Skill Auto magazine? Yeah, first time. Awesome. Yeah. That, that bug. Yeah. That's yeah, it's pretty crazy. Dude. And I always look, you know, you always look. And it sucks because, like, none of our shows in Phoenix ever really... I, I know they made it into it a couple times when it was a lot bigger or they were, I think they actually had a hand in the show. Um, but they stopped and they'll still have the photo booth, you know, and he submits them, but I don't think they ever make like a, a section dedicated to our, our show out here. Mm-hmm. It, they used to, but I haven't seen one in a while, but yeah, that was it. First one. 
Yeah, and that's a I'm good like, accomplishment. That, right there. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, man, that bug, you know, and like I had just kind of finished it like a few days before. So like I don't think it had the handle for like where you lift up the back, mm-hmm. you know, the where the motor is. I didn't put that little chrome handle on and I think it like it might be missing the little uh the thing for the the license plate light, that little like half circle that kind of pokes out from the, the back. Uh-huh. So I think it might be missing that, but Luckily, he was like, uh, do you have the engine or anything? I'm like, yeah, it's all wired. So he made me open it so he could take the picture with it open. So Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, cool. I looked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looked tight. out. They didn't see it. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. That's tight. So so now um, you got your bench. You know, you're all set up. Now, yeah. you, now you got this time. What, is, what do you have, in like, planned out? Or what are you thinking you want to do? that you want to learn next, like to push yourself to that next level, level or, or, you know, or, or even just to pass the time, like, what do you want to do now with car modeling? Um, I have a couple old projects that I, uh, that I need to wrap up. Um, one of them I sent you a picture of, it was that, uh, the, I think it's the model A it's like rusty, the hard top. Um, but I had, it had like a green frame and everything on it. And I'm pretty sure I sent you a picture of that one, Mm -hmm. but, um, that one, uh, that one I need to get, it's like right there and it's just kind of been sitting and I've kind of slacked on it, but that one, uh, is completely scratch built. All I started with was the body and it was a Jimmy Flintstone body. Um, but the frames all scratch built, uh, everything is from my parts box. Um, the interior, the exterior is kind of like something a little bit weird. I kind of wanted to call it like the rat cage, um, something along those lines. That's why I have it um, all sealed off, you know, with the bars and the screen. And uh, I wanted to make it like a little bit longer. So like it's uh, the frame, I built it a little bit longer. Um, I kind of wanted to put a luggage rack up maybe in front of the motor or kind of behind the motor. Um, just something kind of weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Just something a little bit different, but I have that one um, that I want to finish. Uh, I have a van that I need to get done that I've been working on, and the van is kind of like the twin to my orange caddy, um, that '59 caddy that uh, yeah took a video of and at the anniversary party. Yeah, that's the one where the roof you added the what do you, what do you call those? Uh, you know that glass. They added those those two pieces. Oh, those the bubble windows. Bubble windows. There you go. Yeah, dude, that's yeah. Dope. They're they're like from a van, is mm-hmm. what they were. But um, I have a van that's like the twin to that, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like that's their uh, that's you know the van is uh, more or less for like the mountains and that's you know the city. But I call it um, the van is going to be called Desert Explorer, and then uh, I was debating on calling the the car the desert cruiser and uh but i ended up settling on arizona nights because i have the whole night scene airbrushed on the side and everything so i settled on that i even made a decal for my under my hood you know for the name i need a spray paint on there but it's really just buttoning up some old projects i kind of like uh i always start them and get them so far and then i leave them i like oh i'll work on this i'm almost done with this let's finish this one now or so I kind of get bad ADD when it comes to like the project wise. Uh-huh. It's like you're working on something and an idea comes, you know, and you stop and you start going to kind of start that on another one and go from there. Yeah. But yeah. Since it, 
since it's all clean, it's just kind of fill up some old projects and uh, finish stuff up, really. That's dope. Yeah, I, I think it's like we always want to, like, when we get excited, when we get a new idea, we, we want to keep that magic going, you know? Yeah, exactly. We're constantly, like, starting on something and then starting up a new one and another one and another one. And yeah, it, and it's just, it's like, it never stops. It doesn't. And it's like, uh, um, it's the same with building, you know, like you, when you're in the building stage, um, you kind of, you know, the thoughts run wild. I want to do this to this car. I want to try this on this car, you know? And so sometimes you try to cram everything you can into it, or you gotta, gotta tell yourself, nah, like kind of don't go over on the details, kind of keep it every, you know, so you see everything. And so it's the same when it comes to building, at least for me, because I get wild. I start writing down like all kinds of stuff I want to add, and I eventually got to go back and be like, "No, don't do this, don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Is uh, is is there any uh, any shout outs you want to do uh, before we wrap this up? Um, not too much. Um, I guess you. Thanks for having me. Um, shout out to my car club. You know, the Down to Scale family. Um, yeah. Shout out all those guys. Um. And all the other builders, and you know, if anything I'd say is, uh, don't stress on it. Put it back in the box. Come back to it. It's just plastic. Um, if it bends, you know, you can glue it back. You can break it. You can glue it back. It's, it's nothing. Try not to try not to get you know too frustrated with anything. It's in these crazy times, you know, you could don't need to be frustrated over a little plastic model. Um, but I have plenty in the box that I have put back, and yeah, just uh keep building i guess don't get frustrated and push yourself you know i always i always try to scratch build two or three things on each build so i would suggest you know try that too yeah other than that thanks thanks for listening hey eh? hopefully you know everybody likes to hear yeah dude thank you thank you for yeah. uh for being on the podcast that was episode yeah, sure. 118 no damn 118 yeah <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah dude. that went quick for you, bro. 100 episodes already. Yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. that's cool, man. And um, we show you guys love all the way from California, Arizona. And I yeah. hope that um, everything, you know, comes together and we're able to see each other in October this year. Yeah, for sure. Most deaf. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, be definitely looking... be out there if it's happening. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to that. So um, I'll be looking forward to your your updates on Instagram. With yeah, uh, with your paint jobs, if you guys want to check out Joe and follow him on Instagram, it's at Lachuga underscore D two two underscores two underscores, and then D two S. Yeah, D two S. Awesome. And then I'll yes, uh, I'll, I'll also uh, I'll put the link on the description, and I'll I'll tag him as well, so this way you guys can check out his stuff. So thank you, Joe, yeah. for uh, yeah, no for doing this, being a part of this. Yeah, and, thanks um, for talking to me, man. Yeah, man, and um. We'll keep in touch. Yeah, for sure. I'll definitely uh, shoot you some pictures too, so you yes. can uh, post them alongside of what we talk, so they know what they're looking definitely. at. Hell yeah, sounds yeah. great. All yeah, right, man. for sure. We'll take care. You too, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye.